Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday, and that means Jack Farmer, Raj Geary, and Justin Labar are getting together to talk about three hours of Monday Night Raw. Before we get into it, as always, uh, I'm at Real Jack Farmer. He's at Justin Labar. He's at Raj Geary underscore 303. How you guys doing? Good. Good, man. How are you guys? I'm good. good. I feel like I just had a very long conversation with you last night, Raj. (laughs) Feels like it was just yesterday, doesn't it? Yes. We're alluding to the uh, the AEW Revolution after show. It was a long show. It was a long after show, but I thought it was pretty entertaining. You all should go check it out uh, if you have time. Uh, The we got news. We got a bunch of stuff we're going to get into, but I'm, the chats are already coming in hot and heavy. Uh, Mia Lee is already thrown out. Braun is big time. Like he's been on raw the whole time for the women who y'all think we'll see on raw first EO Raquel or toxic attraction. Justin LaVar, I'll throw that one to you. Uh, it's a tough question because uh, you can make a case for all of them of what you're seeing on NXT, but I think toxic attraction, they just got to feel uh to me, like a, a, a women's stable, I can see causing some chaos uh, right after, you know, when they flip over to the new WWE year, which is, you know, night after Mania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think everyone she listed is ready. I mean, EO Shirai came in ready pretty much, you know, I, I, outside of maybe learning, you know, uh, just a couple television things when she first came in. She's, I mean, she's there. She's, she's great. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think. I, I can see Raquel soon as well. So I can see Raquel, Toxic Attraction, and EO all after WrestleMania. If we're picking, I'd say Raquel, because I think Toxic Attraction, It I feel like 2.0 is their show. And so if you take them off, I feel like you take a big chunk of what 2.0 is off the show. Um, yeah. yeah, I could, I, I, I could see that. But it's it's but it is kind of a good feeling, and like I think even Tony Khan probably I think he even alluded to this in, in his post presser that I know we had coverage on Wrestling Inc. But it is kind of a nice feeling that like even just as those names get listed, we kind of have a certain confidence and comfort that okay, all of them have a decent chance to succeed because of the NXT they're in now, and it, and it mirroring so much more of of a Raw and SmackDown style and presentation. Whereas prior, when it was the original XT that we all might have enjoyed more, it's kind of like, ooh, how are they going to get booked? <laughs> you know? Right. Oh, 100%. I mean, it was a rough transition to 2.0, but now that they're going, it feels like this is the right thing for them to do. I love the black and gold, but I feel like I still get black and gold on Wednesdays now. And I now NXT 2.0, the people on there, as we'll get into tonight, and as alluded to in uh, Mia's question, Braun Breaker. He shows up, you know, like, yeah, this is what a WWE superstar looks like. I don't worry about how he's booked when he's on uh, when he's on Raw because it's crazy. He just started in September and uh, his progression is just insane. I mean, started working on TV. Yeah. And uh, I, I could not. Yeah, I mean, you just got to think that Vince sees this and it's like, OK, he's coming up sooner and later, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, he he's not going to be. He, it's kind of like how when Drew was in NXT, it was like once Vince saw what Drew looks like now, because you know Drew got super in shape and everything. It's like it's only a matter of time before he's on the main roster, and I think Braun as well. Yeah, now you just got to watch and wait to see when Braun drops the NXT title because that'll be the tell the telling sign. Yeah, uh, Jay Patterson in the chat also says uh, I'm calling it right now. Bianca is losing that braid before or at WrestleMania. Becky's going to cut it. We'll definitely talk about that braid. I'll get I just but I do want to get your guys' thoughts on her cutting it. 
I feel like that would be terrible to do. Uh, but what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, that's so much of her marketing uh, of, Bianca, of Bianca's just appearance and her attitude, her entrance, sometimes as a weapon. I mean, uh, maybe down the line. I mean, she's still relatively young in her career. I know it's hard to think that because she's been already, you know, had mania and SummerSlam moments. But, um, yeah, maybe down the line there's a hair versus hair kind of thing or you really need some heat in a, in a storyline with her and you can afford to do it because she's established enough. But it's still so early on. That would be a huge marketing blow. Yeah, it would be like if, you know, Damien, Jake's snake, was killed, you know, years right. before you know, earthquake smashed him so <laughs> it's it, it i mean i think you could do it for a huge angle uh down the road but yeah it's it's way too soon by the way that moment the earthquake and jake the snake probably one of my earliest memories of watching pro wrestling and like as far as like remembering watching it you know as i mean because obviously i've seen stuff from before that but i don't remember watching it as it happened but i remember that moment and being like Leave the snake alone. <laughs> yeah, I'm so scared of snakes. It's hard to get the sympathy on me for it. I'm sorry. I know it's I know it's a living thing and it's it was Jake's pet, but it, it was hard to get me to to shed a tear for that one. You were like, get him, earthquake. <laughs> right. One more time. I mean, I had to take you would have been that guy in the front row chanting one more time. Yeah. I mean, I I mean I collected the Hasbro action figures, and you know, the Jake came with a rubber snake, and I I had no problems just pitching that snake aside, you know. <laughs> uh Tokes Kazim says Vince better dare not uh Vince better not dare touch a black woman's hair. Uh her shirt said it. So I I would I just think that whatever whatever good it would do to build up Becky Lynch to have that happen is just not worth what it would do to Bianca to to cut that hair. Cuz that's not something you can change you can go back on if it doesn't work, you know. Mm. Um once it's gone, it's gone. Um but we did have uh, Real quick, when yeah. you're while we were talking about Jake here, the yeah. Macho Man. Which one do you remember more? Uh, Damien getting squashed or Macho Man getting bit by the Cobra? Cobra. I mean, I, it's weird because the Cobra, I feel like, was more iconic. Like that's so I remember it, but I've because I've seen it, but I, I don't remember it as well watching it when it happened. Where I do remember, like, as it happened, watching that the snake getting crushed and being like, oh, my poor, that poor snake. <laughs> <laughs> but i do remember because i was thinking ah he bit him that's crazy <laughs> yeah that was insane the way they did it <laughs> right. yeah, no, no smoke and mirrors no no oh, me no. snake no, no working and this is like we're out there rolling and this, this cobra is not letting go of and then you... savage like takes a shoot swing at Jake once they finally get the snake off of him. yeah i i remember talking with jake about it during an interview we kind of went in depth on the whole savage feud and uh yeah it was very little gimmick savage really was bleeding from the arm from that snake they didn't uh they didn't add any coloring or anything like that it was that was legit yeah when you talk about the way it is now versus the way it used to be a dude got bit by a snake uh (laughs) uh brian barry in the chat says all we need is cody versus rollins um and i'm just gonna point out did everybody catch where rawls at next week in jacksonville yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a troll job by WWE to, 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 to have yeah, that happen? I'd love it. Well, Kevin Owens, his uh, what do they call it? What's the branding? His uh, opportunity, WrestleMania opportunity, or whatever is that doesn't seemingly involve Seth Rollins in any way. So, yeah, um, yeah, Seth needs something. If it happened in Jacksonville the reaction would be very interesting to see how they, if 
Cody Rhodes goes to WWE and debuts in Jacksonville. I would be fascinated to hear what that arena sounds like. Cause yeah, I don't know. It'd just be weird. It'd be very interesting. I, I and I'd love it just because it's drama. So I'm excited. <laughs> I, I love I love my drama. Um, uh, and Brian Berry adds in the chat, Raj, off subject. Did you hear Punk say he didn't want Vince to own Ring of Honor in his past interview? Yeah, yeah. During the uh, the media scrums, he was, um, and we were going to talk about Ring of Honor here in a little bit. Um, yeah. Nick Nick asked Tony a bunch of great questions. Uh, regarding ROH, but yeah, he says he doesn't want Vince having any more of his old footage. Um, you know, saying he doesn't get paid for the stuff he has now. And uh, yeah, I'm curious. Like, I'm, ROH, I don't think they paid royalties either for Honor Club. I don't think. I, I can't imagine. I was wondering, like, does is Tony planning on paying the them for using their library? I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, does Netflix? I, it's 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 just different with streaming services as opposed to, uh, you know, when, when a movie would air on TV again when they did get royalties. But yeah, I don't I don't know. It's I should look into this more a bit. Even like yeah. a a Netflix, if anytime I'm watching Goodfellas, you know, uh, or you know, are those guys getting paid royalties for that? Yeah, it's very. I have. I have no. I mean, I hope they do. I love it when people get paid. Sure. Good for them. So hopefully they do. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, if, <laughs> if I was the one that just bought the library and someone said, "Yeah, we're going to get paid now," I'd be like, "Hey, wait a minute. I don't right. know if that was part of the deal." Yeah. Uh, when I and I know it. for music they do, but we, again, when you talk about Netflix, all of a sudden now you have thousands of people, you know, like checks worldwide. Right. It just seems like it'd be a logistical nightmare to to figure that out. Well, and musicians do, but they don't get paid like, hardly anything. I mean, I guess they do get paid, but like Spotify pays like nothing for for plays. Um, but I guess that's a different whole different ball game. Well, ultimately, they end up making a lot. Yeah, it's it's per listen. You don't, yeah, you don't make that much. Um, but you you know, we talk about Tony Khan and Ring of Honor, and I think that's that is a good segue. Segue, as you mentioned, we're going to talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Uh, during the post AEW Revolution media scrum, AEW president Tony Khan spoke in length about his decision to acquire Ring of Honor and how he plans to run two wrestling promotions at the same time. Uh, he said, in the past, Ring of Honor has been more catered to hardcore fan base. They never had the kind of distribution we've been so fortunate to get through TNT and TBS, which has really set us apart from every other wrestling company since WCW went under. Uh, I'm not going to totally disclose my plans for the Ring of Honor roster, but there are lots of opportunities. There are lots of great wrestlers out there and here in AW who are not under contract. Ring of Honor has an amazing history, and I do plan to respect it. I do want to keep it alive. That's one of the reasons they, Sinclair, were excited to work with me. Joe Coff and others told me that respecting legacy was important to them, and that's why they were so happy to see it end this way. One thing I plan to do is bring in a bunch of young wrestlers, and they already have a bunch of them. I think we're very successful here, and I plan to continue doing very well with it bringing in wrestlers who can work in both Ring of Honor and AEW eventually. Now, this story has a whole bunch to it, so even that is just kind of a, a part of the story. But, uh, Raj, take it away. It sounds like he's planning on having two companies. Yeah, and, you know, history has shown us that that hasn't really worked out long-term yet. Um, you know, WWE, obviously, with ECW and WCW. Um, UFC, when they bought Strikeforce and, and they bought Pride and WEC, it's ultimately the biggest name. It just makes more sense to just keep the biggest branded name. 
Um, it just keeps things simpler. It, it's easier to get big TV deals. If you have ROH, you know, we talked about this last night. Where do you get that other TV deal? Because already Rampage is not in the best time slot. Like that would, I would think would be more of a priority to get that a better time slot. There are those nights that Tony Khan doesn't want to run, like Mondays, Thursdays, and, you know, weekends are usually not good. So, again, doing a TV deal for a brand that's not as strong as your main brand, um, we'll, we'll have to see. Tony Khan's a very smart guy, so we'll have to see what he has planned. And so far, you know, he hasn't... Uh, he hasn't flopped yet, you know, like mm -hmm. with, with everything he's as, as far as uh, wrestling goes. So um, we'll have to see. What's he going to do? Get an ROH show on cable on Tuesday and try to run off NXT 2.0? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't like, I'm going to let it play out because like Rosh said, you know, Tony Khan, by and large, since arriving on the scene has, uh, you know, his, his moves have paid off and proved to be that he knows what he's doing or he's, ma he's making the right gamble. But yeah, ever since the announcement last Wednesday, and I've had people ask me, my, my thought was kind of like what Raj said, like AEW are the letters you need to be focused on. Great that you acquired all that you have with Ring of Honor, namely the, the library, and that'll be very valuable for, you know, an, an inevitable, you know, AEW network, uh, you know, something in, there's so many of your current roster that's, you know, in the ROH video library. But yeah, focus on your Dynamite, your Rampage, your Dark, your Elevation, like that should be your focus. You know, don't, don't worry about having a separate tour, a separate identity of a show. Um, you know, I know he's got people like QT Marshall, who's instrumental in you know helping him put together Dynamite each week, and now he's got William Regal. What an asset that is! I know he's gaining a good circle around him, but I mean, there is such a thing of just run, spreading yourself too thin and, and you know eye off the ball. And ever since ever since Tony Khan, kind of you know in those first couple months of Dynamite, which he spoke about, the first couple months were a little chaotic and things were all over, and, and he kind of said you know he kind of took. That final pen, he took a little bit more ownership of the show, took take suggestions from the from the EVPs and the people around him. But ultimately, it's it's him him booking the show, and really from that point on, uh, the show has gotten better and it's been more consistent. And so he's again, he's got a good touch for it, but he's not going to be able to sustain that if he's then now trying to also book a show that has a whole different identity and and whatever in Ring of Honor. So we'll see how it plays out, but I, I disagree with this as of now. And, and he has his duties with the Jaguars and, and you know, uh, soccer. So, I mean, he's got a ton of uh, logs in the fire. So, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious uh, where they go. Well, like you guys said, he's done very well so far with everything. So I'm in the same boat as you guys, just kind of wait and see. And I would say just to, to spitball ideas, I wonder if maybe you just replace Rampage with – ring of honor rampage and make that a separate show or something maybe they could do is have an east coast and a west coast brand i think uh does gcw and la fights i think is kind of similar to that where i could be wrong though i don't follow them closely enough maybe but uh maybe you just have ring of honor they tour the west coast and AEW they're two in the east coast and that way you've got i don't know I'm just but that would be weird considering ring of honor's roots are you know eastern pennsylvania baltimore maryland like, like the roots are the the PA Maryland Jersey kind of territory like so the to move it to the west would be kind of a bizarre yeah. move plus and plus AEW they're they're the money brand you don't want to not have them run California or Vegas or you, you know um yeah. you want them to be national you want them to be everywhere so you know again I'm doing spitballing <laughs> yeah, but you know I know a lot of people say developmental but you know I, I feel like you kind of already have that with dark with elevation I, I, and again I think it's anything with the NXT branding does way uh, 
lower numbers than the WWE branding. So it's almost like, you know, changing Rampage to ROH, you're probably going to hurt that show even more. Yeah. As far as the audience and everything. So what if Ring of Honor is for the metaverse? I don't know what the metaverse <laughs> is. I just, it's some sciencey futuristic thing right. that I don't understand. I don't know. I just like to throw it out there. Right. But the tape library, you know, that's <laughs> obviously something that they could really benefit from. So many of their top stars uh, started there, you know, have tons of history. So, yeah, I, we'll just have to see where that goes. But yeah, the, all of a sudden you're acquiring years and years and years of content. So, you know, that, that definitely makes sense. And Running a tape, separate promotion, that's a whole different animal. Yeah, I mean, the tape library, I mean, obviously he must know that he has a streaming, you know, like, a, like an AEW network that's coming soon. Because how else, how else are you making your return on investment? However many millions he spent to, to purchase ROH, you know, like now, because, you know, it's one thing if you just say, okay, I'm going to purchase it and I'm going to make all my money back or try to make my money back, you know, over the course of time, you know, uh, populating this, 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 this vault, this video vault on my eventual streaming service. But now if he's talking about, you know, doing the promotion and running ROH shows, now all of a sudden that's more expense that you're dishing out to go run shows than, than to try to make a profit off of that. I mean, I don't know. This just seems like uh, we don't know, but we will, I guess, know soon how much he spent because I mean, Sinclair is a publicly traded company, right? So that, that money, that, that, that sale price will come out sooner than later. I don't know if it's probably going to be big enough that it, you, you know, how like on the WWE, uh, on their investor calls, like NXT, they don't even list NXT That's you know, true. attendance numbers and then, or, or the TV deal. So it might be small enough that it won't come out, but, um, yeah, yeah, it'll, 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 it's definitely interesting. Raj uh, admitted you were in the, you were in the bidding, weren't you? you were in there. <laughs> it was Vince, Tony, and you. Because yeah. I apparently need to watch Cody's uh, ROH entrance from back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just real quick on this uh, over under: is it more? Do you think they spent more or less than WCW was purchased for? Oh, definitely more. Any more? The WCW one is just insane. It was that, like three million, right? It was like four, two, right? I think it was two, two, two and a half. 2.5, yeah, 2.5 million. What, what, what do you think Ring of, Ring of Honor went for? Well, there were some reports that it was like 30 to 40. Oh, oh, geez. I, I'm not that seems business. way high to me. <laughs> I was, I, yeah, I, I, I am clearly not a business person because I didn't think that was the value. But, but. but we don't know for sure. I mean, that could be way mm -hmm. off. So, um, because, you know, 40 million, if it is 40 million, that's almost what AEW is making off of Dynamite a year. So that's yeah. that's a lot of money to to put it, in, but we, we don't know if they if they did get forty million. You know what? Good on them. Happy. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Uh, CJ Hennessy in the chat says, "While I wanted Riddle versus Orton for months, they are so hugely over as a team. It'll be great to see them together at Mania. Hope there's a spot for Alpha Academy because Gable deserves it. Uh, we'll talk about them in a bit, obviously, but uh, yeah, I I like them." Yeah, I think Kate Gable has just stepped up like, you know, I was, I was just thinking watching Raw tonight that the show has just been better, I felt like, over the last several months. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with Gable. He's been one of the stars, really, uh, the last few months. Yeah. Uh, and then Zachary in the chat says, last week I called he would buy Ring of Honor uh, on this PC. Nice. Nice call. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, those were kind of the two favorites, right? Something with ROH and uh, the streaming deal. And um, I think the streaming deal makes sense to come after ROH so you can get that content and figure out how you're going to use it. 
And then uh, Jody Shauna Jenkins in the chat says, I've always been a sucker for big guys, Warrior, Goldberg, Lesnar, etc. What I wouldn't give for Brian Cage to interrupt Brock or Braun Breaker match. I think uh, I think Brian Cage versus Braun Breaker would be a, a banger of a matchup. Yeah, no, I think it would be. But I, by all, indi- all indications are that Brian Cage is staying with AEW. Yeah. That's but that kind of goes anywhere. Yeah, I mean, even AEW, when you're you're watching Wardlow and Keith Lee in the ring together, and you, the fans were just going nuts for it, you know. So, I think uh, you still see a lot of that where fans just going nuts for the big guys. Yeah, a lot of times people online will complain about like, oh, it's just because they're a big guy. But then when you see the two big guys in the ring, we all kind of go, yeah. <laughs> well it's it's because that that fan online you're speaking of jack they don't like the fee fifo fun big guys that they feel are only being pushed and elevated because because of the you know like, like a great colleague situation but i mean i think that's part of why keith lee is is so adored by his fan base is because he is a big guy who looks the way he looks that does things he can do you know ward a bigger guy who you know could go off the top rope if he wants to and yeah, you know, so yeah, it's it's as long I think as long as the big guy can quote unquote work, fans have absolutely no problem, and and that that plays into their success. And Brock and Braun, and you know, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ho in the chat says, "Rich man Raj and super sexy Jack Farmer, keep up the great work." Thank you, Ho. You've uh, moved very quickly up my list of favorite favorite <laughs> viewers. I appreciate it. Super sexy Jack Farmer. <laughs> uh, if you're trying to flatter me, it's working, H.O. Uh, Mike in the chat says they have mentioned Lashley the last three weeks saying he's still not cleared. I think he is returning to get revenge on Rollins. Why mention him then? Yeah, it's been quiet on the Lashley front. Um, I mean, it did make sense. It, it did feel like they had that out. But I feel like if he was able to be cleared soon, uh, he met with Dr. Andrews you know, a couple of weeks ago. And the fact that he didn't make that Brock match. Uh, which will, probably would have been short anyway, just kind of tells me that he's out for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Do we know what the exact injury is? It is like a shoulder, right? Shoulder. Oh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, hopefully he's okay. Hopefully he's back. Um, and uh, we get to see more of him. But uh, we had some ratings news I want to chat about real quick, and that is uh, SmackDown this week. Uh, drew 2.261 million viewers on Fox, according to Nielsen via Showbuzz Daily. The final number is up from last week, which did a 2.114 million viewers, and it was up in the key demo from 5.7 last week to 5.9 this week. Rampage also saw quite a jump this week. 545,000 viewers on TNT. Uh, that was up 21.56% from 473,000. Uh, 22 in the demo up from 18 last week. Uh, Justin, I feel like Rampage was because they were going into the pay-per-view. Uh, but also SmackDown go up. WrestleMania weekend, right? Or we season, right? Yeah, it's Road to Mania. So, you know, of course you want SmackDown with, you know, I mean, you know, Brock and Roman is your story that's leading there. Of course, you have Ronda as well. Um, you know, Vince did his big interview the day before Pat. I don't know if that has any carryover. I mean, I mean, I think it was I think that interview was like the biggest numbers that Pat's show's done, which is saying something. Um, yeah, and then Rampage, yeah, you'd hope you're you're two nights all two nights away from one of their biggest pay-per-views on paper, if not their biggest, um, they're still in that early stage where they are able to still do that, where each pay-per-view has the ability to be the biggest as they continue to acquire, you know, big stars and they, you know, have a good long-term storytelling, you know, MJF, CM Punk, prime example. So, yeah, um, 
I think, you know, so when you have those situations and it makes me always now interested to what, what next Friday is, you know, what's, you know, what's the next rampage when you now it's, you know, there's not a pay-per-view to build to for a while. And, you know, does you know, SmackDown's the one I keep my eye on because SmackDown's the one where it needs to continue to be performing at that level. Cause you, you know, there's what three SmackDowns left until, until mania. Um, so that's, that's the one I'm watching more. That, that one sees any kind of sharp decline, you know, when the match is arguably probably going to end up finishing out night two of mania is, is what's running that show. If that sees a sharp decline, that's when you start to worry and wonder what's, where's the miss. Right. And, and rampage, it, you know, their, their number, it's kind of in the middle of what it's been doing this year. Um, it, it was way up from last year, but last, I mean, last week, but last week was their lowest in that time slot. So it, it's basically kind of got back to normal. Uh, SmackDown, there, man, it was their second best number of this year so far uh, in both uh, total viewers and in 18 to 49. So uh, the news, you know, is obviously has an effect on all wrestling on everything right now, just because, you know, yeah, there's a war going on. So but Smackdown and Rampage both kind of held up, held up really well. Um, Allison Tuckwab in the chat says Vince McMahon fired his son and Triple H. Then Triple H and his son were thinking about starting their own wrestling company. I haven't heard <laughs> that. That's not true. Allison, I, I, Allison, you spent some money to throw out some fan fiction there. It would be yeah. it would make a great show. Like if it was you had your wrestling version of Succession or something. But uh <laughs> no. yeah then triple h and shane working together i don't see that ever happening <laughs> i feel like it'd be much bigger news if triple h got fired too that hasn't happened He's as far fired. no uh yeah they're keeping uh, they're so far they're keeping triple h and speaking of keeping keeps is our sponsor this week and so uh i know we we always talk about great hair you you, you gotta if you want great hair you gotta keep great hair and that's why i'm a big fan of keeps keeps it all right where it's supposed to be right there up on top and i think everyone else if you're worried about your hair you should try it also two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35 more than 50 million men in the u.s suffer from male pattern baldness keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors there are only two fda approved medications that can prevent hair loss and keeps offers both of them uh, it's a simple, affordable, it's stress-free. Uh, they help you keep your hair via a convenient virtual doctor consultation with medications delivered straight to your door every three months so you don't have to leave your home. 24-7 care and support keeps as a network of expert medical advisors, prescribers, and care specialists to support you in making your hair goals a reality at a low cost starting at just $10 a month and keeps offers generic versions of the two FDA-approved medications to prevent your hair loss. Treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices, and Keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is key. Treatment can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. When it comes to your hair, save more, spend less. And if you are ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash inc to receive your first month of treatment free. That's keeps.com, K-E-E-P-S.com slash INC to get your first month free, K-E-E-P-S.com slash INC. Now, all of us here on the show are big believers in keeps. Uh, uh, isn't that right, Raj? Yeah, I've been using it for years and years. I'm 46 years old. Look at this. Look at this hair. <laughs> so, I, 
it, uh, yeah, I've been using it for a long time. When I first started noticing my hair come, kind of coming out a little bit, I was like, all right, I need to jump on this right away because I don't look, I don't look good bald. So, uh, yeah, I, I jumped on it. Um, and I've been using it ever since it's, it's easy, it's quick. Um, and it works if, you know, for, for so many people. Yeah, look at that! How thick Raj's hair is too. Like, it, it, you, that's a. Uh, I mean, if that, what better endorsement than that? Uh, so yeah, and again, it's prevention's key. So don't wait until it's already happened. Then it's too late. You got to start now. So go to keeps.com/inc. Uh, Brian Barry in the chat says, Raj, how much do the wrestlers get for their content on the network? Yeah, that I don't think they get anything. Um, I remember interviewing Jesse Ventura because he had the very famous uh, royalties lawsuit against WWF. Um, and, you know, we, we, were t- we were talking about the network. He's like, yeah, I'm not getting anything. I'm going to talk to my lawyer about it. Nothing. I never really heard anything beyond that. But, yeah, I mean, they're supposed, you know, you're on a WrestleMania, you're on a pay-per-view. You get bonused and you get paid for that. But as far as the old content, yeah, there's there's nothing. I think that's what the writer's strike was about a few years ago, if I'm not mistaken, because they were dealing with the same thing where they weren't getting residuals for streaming. Um, so. I yeah. Yeah. It, uh, again, it's, you know, with everything moving to streaming, that's, and it, it's, it's different when you have a movie on CBS that that's aired before where it's one movie. It's easy to keep track of as opposed to, potentially millions of streams at the same time, you know, with different content and, and, and everything. So, yeah, I don't know how, how that all works. I, I should look into that more. Yeah, it's got to be tricky. But again, I like it when people get paid, so I hope they get paid. Jared Wilson says Miz and Logan Paul need a tag title run down the line. Jared, you and I think alike. I love these two. I want to see them. I want to see them do something. I just don't know if I want to see them be RK bro. Uh, would you guys be OK with them being tag champs? Uh, I mean, no. I mean, they, it, it is what it is for a mania thing and grabbing that new eyes, but I don't, unless they like wow me at mania, I don't think I need to see this as a tag title run. Yeah. Logan Paul's, I mean, I thought Miz was, we'll get to it. Miz was really good tonight. Yeah. Uh, Logan Paul is good as his sidekick, but yeah, I, I just don't see it having legs. I, I just got to put this one comment on it. Pop me. Imagine Vince scream at Shane and Triple H, bore on the floor. Have you guys seen that episode of Succession? I haven't seen it. It's no. the bore on the floor episode. It's probably the craziest non-violent episode I've ever seen of a show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wild. Uh, I have, how, how many seasons is that up right now? Three. So. Three? Okay, I might watch that soon. Um, I got... I got I'm killing time until the final part of Ozark comes out, and I'm gonna watch that. Me that, too. I don't want to. I don't want to start Succession and then like be in that weird spot where Ozark's out, and I have to pick. So I, I have to. Ah, that, that's know. what I did, Jack. When finally, when the the last when part one of Ozark came, you know, binged it, and then we decided right. to watch like Ted Lasso to get caught up on that. Because like now it's like same thing. Yeah. When April 29th comes, it is all everybody pushed aside, and it's yes, yeah. See, see I'm trying to finish Succession. And then get back on Ozark because I, I threw the first two seasons of Ozark and then catch on to the the final uh, season of Ozark coming up. Jack, since you're an Ozark person, tell me if you see it. Uh, Omar Navarro. Yeah. The Cardinal Boss. Yes. The first time I saw him and still to this day in the face strikes such a resemblance to Raj. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know if I see it. Pull the character up and tell me that you don't see Rock. <laughs> What's his name? I, I'm curious now myself. The, character, the character's name is Om- Omar Navarro, and just type in Omar Navarro Ozark. He's got more. He's got a little bit more gray than you do in the beard. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know no, about that. I now I pulled up Omar Navarro, and it was like an actual. There's like an actual person. Oh, oh yeah, no, yeah. There's actually yeah. No, you got to put Ozark. Hang on. <laughs> Uh, this is great. This is great TV. Us, going yeah. yeah we kind of have a lot to get into. Hang yeah, on. we we got, we got Omar Navarro Ozark, and then look at the images. <laughs> tell me you don't see some Raj. If you're in the chat, let us know if you think that there's uh, some mileage on o- Omar uh, about Raj being Omar Navarro. Every now. time this dude's killing people, I'm, I, I, I even saw, I even told my wife, I was like, you know, my wife obviously knows Raj's name, and I talk about Raj. I said, here, here's what Raj looks like. I was like, tell me you don't, I don't know. It's... <laughs> Raj, I, I now I could see Raj being like an Omar Navarro. I imagine yeah, he does have his. Uh, I imagine he does have his uh, his cartel that works for him, but. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get let's get back on the rails here. Vader is going to the Hall of Fame. Uh it was officially announced he's gonna go into the Hall of Fame class 2022. Uh there's no word yet on who's introducting in inducting him. Uh Justin, this seems like a no-brainer. He's gotta go in. Uh any uh, any guesses on who could be inducting him though? Yeah, that's a good question because um you, know, you you try to look at like who his career lines up with. I mean, he was managed by Harley Race. Uh, that was pre WWE. Obviously, that was WCW time. Um, WWE. He was managed by Jim Cornette. I mean, they had Cornette a couple years ago at the Hall of Fame. Um, so I guess that's a possibility. Mick Foley's one, and Mick has a, a lot of history with Vader in the ring. Again, pre WWE. Um, you know, Mick's obviously a really a, a tremendous speaker and, and communicator so you know he'd give a lovely speech it's tough though because vader vader's career you know, he got the wwf in 90 95 going into 96 and um you know those i mean it was good to see him in WWE, but he was kind of getting out of shape and it, it, you know he did work like you know work Shawn michaels he worked in the main event briefly uh, but he just there's not the best part of his career is all pre WWE. So I, it's it's i'm trying to find who would be appropriate uh mick foley i guess kind of as i'm talking just out loud Somebody, yeah. but again, it's. I mean, they had they had the. I mean, they have footage. They have footage of Cactus Jack and Vader because they own all that. So Mick, I guess maybe would be my pick. Yeah, I mean, in a in a different time, Sting uh, would would have been yeah. a possibility. Uh, you know, Ron Simmons. They, they didn't really have. Uh, they didn't work together that long, but that one match is such a historic match that, um, mm. you know, you could do Ron Simmons. But yeah, I mean, Vader. Look. It, um so deserved obviously um one of the best big men well one of the times when i thought what is wwe doing was when vader came in and he he, he was just kind of became a mid carter really quick and sean didn't like working with him sean was you know a, a diva back then um and yeah just kind of moved down the card and just never kind of got to that uh, level that he was in WCW, where I remember thinking him in WWF, what's Vince going to do with this guy? Because back then Vince felt like he had the Midas touch, uh, even though wrestling was on the the decline popularity wise. But he never was able to really take Vader to that next level. 
is um is there a comp to, for Vader today? Like who would you compare him to today if you were trying to tell someone who maybe didn't see him? Because I was thinking about this earlier today. Like who would you compare him to? I don't think there's anyone that he that is like a Vader today. Well, from the work aspect, I mean, Vader lays the groundwork for a Keith Lee. Vader and Bam Bam Bigelow, and Vader's obviously was even bigger than Bam Bam, but they lay the groundwork for guys like Keith Lee, as we talked about earlier, guys who, again, have a much, just a bigger physique. Um, you know, you saw him walk down the street, you would say, oh, that's a really big, uh, maybe, maybe it's the guys on the fat side of things, but then but then you see him in the ring and you realize that they are athletic as all hell. And But, but, what I, I, nobody I can compare to Vader is Vader. While he had that athleticism and he did the moon salt and all that stuff, Vader also had a vicious, just hard hitting kind of violent side to him that I don't, I don't think of a Keith Lee when I, you know. So I, it, it's hard to. I mean, Vader was truly kind of a, you know, a little, a little ahead of his time in terms of big guys that look like him. Yeah, but Brock maybe as far as that physical aspect, but yeah. Brock is not near Vader's size. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean Keith Lee kind of. Yeah, I could I could kind of see that comparison a little bit. I loved Keith Lee didn't have the killer instinct that that Vader had. I loved his his whole Mastodon Darth Vadery thing he wore, and when he Mm -hmm. came, I just was such a huge Vader fan. So that was another thing I never got why they didn't have that in the WWF. His whole his whole you know uh, gear, that whole uh, shoulder pad thing, that mask that he would wear. Right, because that's oh, cool. that, and that's that's one of those things like you'd feel like if Vader didn't have that in WCW, that's one of those Midas touches that Vince would have added. One of those entertainment specials he would have added is we're gonna have you take off this thing that's gonna explode and smoke. And you're right, and they stripped him away from that. Uh, right, so, yeah. Good call. That's a good call. Uh, Allison Tuckwab asks in the chat, uh, "It could be Shane's underground, his company." <laughs> Are we back to the Shane <laughs> Triple H <laughs> startup? The GoFundMe, no. <laughs> GoFundMe. Could you imagine Shane McMahon with a GoFundMe? That would be hilarious. Starting a uh, Shane's uh, Raw Underground again? I mean, yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> James H. Jackson Jr. says, "Do you feel they will shut down Honor Club and go with HBO Max, or would they rename Honor Club since already already own, they already own it and put all the content on there?" What is Honor Club available on right now? Like, it's not on Apple TV. I don't think it was ever on Roku, right? Is it just a... Because I, I don't have it. Was it just through their website? I think it was through their website. They might have an app, um, like on your phone. Uh, someone can, you know, correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but it was never on the major, you know, streaming services. So I don't know if it does much good to... To, to hold on to it as, as opposed to transfer it to something bigger. And look, the, the, the network, like AEW doing their own network, that's expensive. We saw how, how much it cost WWE. Um, if they're going to be, you know, uh, go with an HBO Max or something like that, then it's, you know, it's a lot easier. Um, yeah. So, well, I wonder if, because if it was an app, then I wonder if there's something to buy in ring of honor and then trying to build off of the the whatever they've already got in place for an app to build their own app which could have a lot of value to it um but uh before we get into the show and and talk about uh all the fresh stuff that's happening on raw this week i want to talk about our sponsor hello fresh with hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make 
home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. It's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week so you get convenience without skimping on quality. Skip the trip to the grocery store, save you saving you the weight in long lines and ensuring that you don't waste money on excess food and you can warm yourself up from the inside out with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the world like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen this is a favorite of ours here on the show the uh hello fresh uh, we all love it um, I always uh, I like to show uh, this is one of the ones I cooked recently, the one pan mushroom cauliflower risotto. Um, I don't know if it's showing on there, but um, I get the uh, the low calorie options, but uh, and um, I try to get the, the, the non beef kind. So if you're a a weirdo about your eating, you can use that and it's easy still. Uh, yeah, I love I love HelloFresh. That's it, been great. Mm -hmm. Um. I think the last time they they accidentally got me uh, the low calorie one because I think I accidentally put your I, I put oh. the same thing as your order, so it wasn't their accident; it was my accident. But uh, I had that I had the risotto as well. There was uh, there, there were a couple other things, but they were really good. Um, so I think I might yeah. do that again next time. I was about to say they get well if they got switched. I'm like, wow, low calorie. This tastes great. There's so much stuff in it. Yeah, I had a new shipment come in on Sunday, so it came in Sunday. It comes in. Obviously, it's already packaged and it's on ice. Um, so I was like, well, I'm gonna put. You know, I had three, you know three meals came, so I'm like, well, I'll put two of them in the freezer. But hey, I'm gonna use this one now. I want something good for lunch. So I did the Italian chicken over lemony spaghetti. And, and and folks, what's great about it is it's not it's not like your other meal plans that you might think where everything's packaged and it is what it is like jack said they give you all the fresh ingredients so what's nice about that is they give you they tell you what the ingredients are you get these cards so you have all the ingredients and how much you need and then it gives you the step-by-step -step. it's dummy proof um tells you how many calories but what's cool is is like because they give you the ingredients that are fresh there are a few times like for example with this with this italian chicken over lemon spaghetti you know, they gave me a, a, a teaspoon of chili flakes. Now, I like spice, but I, I was going to make some of this from, for the kids, too. And I knew the kids couldn't handle some spice. So I was able to, like, because I have fresh chili flakes in its own packaging, I was able to, like, use a little bit but then save or save some Parmesan cheese. Or if I don't want the lemon over the noodles. So, like, you actually have these ingredients that maybe you don't apply it to this recipe for your own taste or reasons. But you have these fresh ingredients you're not wasting. So then I could use a lemon or chili flakes or whatever later for something else uh so it's like it, it's just a really really good uh really good service a so hello fresh i i can't say enough about it it's 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 changed my my cooking yeah i often repurpose some of the ingredients for other yeah. things but uh you guys we can tell you all about it but i recommend you go to hellofresh.com slash inc16 and use inc16 as the code for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts that's right. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash INC16 and use the code INC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Uh, America's number one meal kit. Go ahead and give it a try. You guys ready to talk about the show? <laughs> we should probably get into it. We should probably talk about it. This is a raw after show. We talk about raw on this show. Uh but I do want to take a second to say thanks to everyone who's watching, listening, commenting, subscribing, sharing, five-star reviewing, leaving a nice little comment about us three in the five-star review as well. Thank you to Sergio, Tuck Graf, uh, is it KSNMG? 
ZHSO, uh, Rocky, Michael the Virus, Mike YouTube account. Uh, thank you so much for being a part of the live chat as well. And of course, if you're listening later or watching later, thank you to you as well. We start the show off with uh, Rollins and Kevin Owens, which I think you could shorten to RKO if you wanted to. Eh? Uh, no, nah. but we get a three-way match uh, for the tag team titles. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Alpha Academy and uh, RK Bro. RK Bro gets the win in a match that was a good one and lots of good stuff happened here uh just i want to start with you uh new champs rk bro orton after the match says he's having fun and riddles his friend uh a anything to pull from this uh yeah i'm we're you know it's always a big deal when you see uh title changes on a raw or smackdown i mean yeah we just saw also a, a u.s title i believe too but it's a big deal uh, this occupied a bulk of the first hour, but I was okay with it because you had, you know, I mean, you have six talents that are, all of them are over. So, you know, might as well occupy four or five segments if you can. And, you know, you got the little promo segment at the beginning. So everybody got to get their promo chops in. And Chad Gable got to do his, his shtick. Um, every segment of the match in between commercials had like a different, it was like a different chapter. It felt like. Okay, this is the chapter where we're all gonna go crazy, and Orton's gonna throw everybody on the table. And this is the chapter, you know, this is the chapter where things break down. Um, I like the format. You know, we saw a triple threat tag team match on Revolution just last night, and that was where you have two participants in the ring, and they can tag anybody. This one, one person from each team has to be, and then they can only tag their partner. So I, you know, that kind of adds an element. I like that. Talent probably does it because it makes things complicated, but. Um, or, or limit limits them creatively, but overall, really fun match. Uh, everybody's over insane RKO, yes, in the moonsault for Chad Gable. Again, if you didn't watch Raw and you're trusting us to give you the highlights, go check this out. Uh, I thought this was a really good opener. And, and again, for it going 45 minutes or so with commercials in there, it didn't bore me, it held my attention every time they came back to it. One yeah, of the best it. RKOs, I think it's got to be up there. One of you know, I, I, I won't get into which one's the best, but that was a good one. Yeah, right, Evan Bourne, that'd be another. That's one of the Pro most that's probably ones. the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this match was uh, this match was really, really good. It was it was great. I thought uh, I, it was it took up it did take up a lot of time between this and the promo it was almost the uh, entire first hour. But mm -hmm. I, I do wonder if they added time to this match because Becky Lynch was injured and she she's injured, apparently up for a couple a uh, couple weeks, but she'll be good to go for WrestleMania. Uh, it, se it seems like some she got injured during a, a house show last night. But um, so, yeah, I almost wonder if they added extra time to this match because of that. Well, I'd be OK with it if they did. It did feel like the commercial breaks were oddly paced during this match where there was like a commercial break. And then like a few minutes later, there was another commercial break. And it just that seemed very odd to me. But there's a lot of production things that were kind of weird today. And we'll 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 talk about it. But. I think just because I think it was the same amount of commercial breaks. Like I think it would it went through three at least, right? And that but that's every fifteen minutes you have the three and it was still going after the third. So yeah. well they have to they have to do five they have to do five breaks in an hour. Right. Um you know, so there's occupy at least four of them. But but I, I but I don't know, Jack. I disagree. I don't think the pace, I think actually again, they kinda had like I said, it was like, it felt like chapters. The mm -hmm. match the match had like different phases. And I don't know, it worked. And maybe it's because I'm genuinely entertained by all six yeah. of these guys right now that helps right you know when you're invested in all six guys and i guess the question i have now for you guys is so rk bro they're back they're, they're tag champions 
Randy, Randy did give what felt like a shoot. He felt like he was truly speaking from the heart. Nobody scripted that for him that he was saying, I'm having fun, which is awesome. Yeah. But like now they're the tag champs. What's their mania match? You know what I mean? Like who is a challenger? You know, obviously KO's got his own thing. We'll talk about Rollins. You think it's going to have something. I mean, do you just have Alpha Academy again because that that group's so over that, that act's so over? Like, what is what is a worthy title match? Like, because if you'd have to think they have a title, they have some big mania match for RK Bro to defend the titles against. Otherwise, why not just have RK Bro win the titles at Mania? You know, have Alpha yeah. Academy win it now and then set up a rematch at Mania. So the fact that Riddle and Orton go into Mania, there has to be some worthy opponents. But I could not for the life of me think who. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's anyone really ready made. That's a a big enough i can almost see it being just a bunch of tag teams like they like to do that you know every every few years we're just getting people on the card i i i hope not and i like i thought by this point randy orton and matt riddle would be the wrestlemania match and right. for a second when orton was really going and saying how it's the first time he's used the f word and he's calling riddle a friend and he hasn't said that in 20 years it almost seemed like uh when Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins, you know, when they had just won the tag titles and then Dean Ambrose turned on him, almost felt like yeah. that. Like he, like Orton was about to just clock him or something, but they didn't yeah. do that. I see the that, chat room saying street profits. I guess that, I guess that is the, the other established tag team, right? Street profits. So, I mean, they don't normally do a face first face tag team, but I guess that would be the situation here. Yeah. And the street profits, they won last week. They weren't supposed to win that match, but um, Orton got injured. And so, yeah, it could work out. I, I, I like the. It could be really good. There's a whole uh, lot of smoke in that match. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was thinking to to the thing about Orton at the end. Something that stuck with me was that he, because he was so friendly, it did make me think like this is the moment right before someone turns to Roger's point. I was thinking maybe that's what happens at WrestleMania is something goes wrong and maybe Riddle turns on the one the one. He ends. He he's no longer the one friend Randy Orton has, and he turns on him, and we get mean Matt Riddle or just Riddle. I don't know. Uh, we move on, and we got Dana Brooke with Reggie versus Tamina with Akira, and uh, they both get a good luck kiss. But I guess there's a little bit more luck in Reggie's lips than there is in Akira's because Dana gets the win, and uh, Akira argues for Tamina's honor, and she blows him a kiss. Raj, true love is in the air. Are you just rooting for Tamina and Akira? You can just get me on this. <laughs> yeah. I have I have nothing written down. Next, <laughs> I'm saying uh, the twenty four seven stuff. You know how I am with that. I was hoping. I was really hoping you could give me some in depth analysis on it. But okay, <laughs> I guess we'll uh, uh, we'll we'll move on to Miz TV and uh, Miz comes out and Logan Paul comes out and they share some love with the hometown and the fans love it. Uh, but then Jerry Lawler comes out and says, "Hey, maybe we do WrestleMania here." And suddenly Miz turns. Uh, Raj, I'll go to you on this one. Then I thought this was really well done. And I make it so obvious that they're gonna bury the town and then. Jerry Lawler actually made a very nice, simple segue to make them bad guys. I don't know how much it accomplished, but it made me hate them. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it really progressed anything, but it <laughs> did get, give Miz some good heel heat and got him booed in you know, his hometown. So, yeah, him saying, well, Cleveland's not a WrestleMania town. And you know, <laughs> right. all these athletes left and LeBron. And, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought Miz did a great job here. I thought Logan Paul was really good as a as a sidekick. It was, it was, it was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was clever. It's always funny to me. I, I know, you know, as because we have to pay attention. I know that Jerry Lawler is a huge Cleveland sports fan. Uh, he he lived in Cleveland briefly as a kid before, you know, what it's like. I know that story, but that's not like Jerry Lawler is so synonymous in his career with Memphis. Right. Yeah. So I always find it weird when WWE lets him lean in to his Cleveland roots. It's like, what, you know, if you don't know this, you're like, what the hell is Jerry Lawler doing with a Browns jersey on? Right. It's funny. I, I was actually thinking that as he comes out, I was like, I bet he just has every team's jersey in his lo- in his closet at home. And he's like, whatever you need from me, just let me know which team I'm. Oh, that's Rick Flair. Of. That's Flair who you <laughs> think. Okay. You think Rick Flair's only going to have the jerseys of Charlotte? And Carolina teams, yeah, you know, the Panthers, you know, the University of North Carolina, Tar Heels, but no, every you know how how many how many major you know teams have adopted the woo and adopted him to come do their jumbotron thing to where now he has jerseys from all across the country that it makes no sense he has no connection <laughs> other than having a catchphrase of woo. <laughs> Yeah, I did feel like with Lawler being there, it, there should have been something more to this segment other than Miz just ripping on the city and, and then that was it. And uh, so that part felt a little anticlimactic. Do you know, does when they use people like, is there like a, just like a, a standard like legend fee, you were going to have you fly out and do something with you or do they negotiate a deal every time they use somebody? Usually it's a standard, you know, X amount, you know, yeah. usually, uh, obviously, if it's an Austin or some someone like that, it's going to be different. But uh, right. usually right. for the most of the legends, it's pretty standard fee. So it's probably like, like Bischoff and those kind of people probably just have a standard amount. And, and even all the way down, that that that, that standard jack trickles all the way down to um, when they have the extras, the indie guys. There's a certain standard fee. But then, like, if they use if if, if there's one standard fee if you're going to be on if you're going to be used as you know security or whatever but then yeah. like if you're actually a, if you're a guy or a girl who they use in rehearsal to practice a spot and then if you end up if they end up actually doing that spot whether it's with you or somebody else like it's you know table spot or whatever they give you a certain bonus because of that you know so if you practice yeah. and did like a table spot that they wanted to rehearse or whatever they have they have like a structure for what they're going to pay you based upon what they asked of you to do huh interesting all the stuff you don't think about, but it's all there. Um, someone who made a special appearance on Raw tonight, Braun Breaker, showed up to back up his opponent tomorrow, uh, Tommaso Champ, as they took on the Dirty Dogs. And I feel like this was the perfect example of uh, Braun Breaker just fits on Raw. He was out there I was like, this guy just belongs on Raw. He's ready. He's there. My only gripe about this whole thing was they should have played his hype video before his music hit. That was the the one production thing I was thinking. You don't have him come out and then tell the audience who he is. But uh, Justin, how did you feel Braun Breaker did on uh, Raw? Yeah, I, just like you said, almost exactly what I was going to say. He he looked like a Raw superstar. It did not feel like an NXT guy they're trying to manufacture and make seem like a big deal or whatever. He just he looked as I watched him come out in the raw entrance way. He looked like he we're going to be seeing him there sooner than later. Uh, your your production critique, I think, is valid. But I think that I think they think more. I mean, obviously they do. They think more of what's valuable to the millions of people watching at home versus the, the 10,000 they're live. Their thought is let's have him come out, let people see who this guy is and that he's having a match. And now we're going to show you that now that you see that you need to care, let's show you a little quick recap of him. 
Um, I agree. Maybe if you flip flop it, maybe he gets more of a pop. I don't know, but um, yeah, he looked like he belongs, and I think you know he's probably going to be there again sooner than later. So again, let's watch and see when he drops the NXT title. That'll be the telling sign. And Raj, I want to I want to ask you. I think I asked you this last week, but I'm going to ask it again. If you were someone who had never watched NXT 2.0 and you saw this match with these guys from NXT 2.0, and they they promoted NXT 2.0 tomorrow, would this be enough to get you to tune in tomorrow? I mean, it usually hasn't been when when they have done these cross promotions. Like they had AJ, you know, uh, go on like a month ago or two months ago, and we haven't seen a real lift. Uh, you know, again. And this is no disrespect to Dolph Ziggler, but it's how Dolph has been positioned for years and years and years mm-hmm. that Dolph going to NXT, it's probably going to help a little bit, but you know, not to any great numbers. But that being said, I thought Dolph did a fantastic job making Braun look great. Uh, and Braun just looked like he belonged. He looked fantastic. He doesn't look like someone who's only been doing this for six months, you know, on TV. And he, he had the poise, just that, he knew how to work his character and use his size. And that he was, I thought he was great. I mean, I keep saying that, but yeah. Raj, obviously, you know, he has the pedigree. He has the second generation tag to him, but he, he's got the, he's got one of the closest comparisons of the past so far to Brock. Mm-hmm. That's the what I've been who, To the guy who just, he's moving fast. He's checking the boxes. He's doing all the right things. Again, Brock didn't have the, you know, any of the second generation stuff that that he does but uh, he's he's one of the closest that feels like a brock kind of situation he can throw guys around and you know like like brock brock can so yeah yeah there's Braun just seems like a nicer brock (laughs) (laughs) but uh uh, you could always change that too when when need be yeah and i don't think Braun breaker is as physically uh as physical as as, he's i don't think he's quite the specimen that brock is right but just for uh, just the 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 path, you know right. that the, the the timeline of like you said, six months, just doing what he's doing, and he's catching on. Yeah, what he is. Yeah. So uh, after the match, um, we go to Omos versus Apollo Cruz. Uh, Omos is says he's looking for a WrestleMania opponent before he has the match with Apollo, which is pretty quick. But to Apollo's credit, he drop kicked a omos in the face which i thought was pretty cool uh quick wimbo by omos before he stared down aziz uh raj this was a um a, i mean another win for omos uh, i don't know are you excited to see aziz versus omos that's what it looks like is coming next i hope it's next week on raw and not on wrestlemania um and and i can't i can't see them doing aziz versus omos they haven't they haven't built uh aziz strong so it, it's got to be a raw match. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll just be Omos destroying him. So it's fine. He, he seemed like he wasn't doing the uh, the fake roars and stuff as much tonight. Or did I did I miss that? I don't think he did. Maybe he kind of growled a bit in this pre-match promo, but not once he got out there. That was a little awkward how they did that pre-match promo where they were shooting. Yeah. Like, My God. <laughs> like, yeah, like I understand the philosophy. They Again, they've done this with big men over the years of let's shoot up to, to just accentuate the, the, the height. But like, it looked like the cameraman is laying on his back. Right? Yeah. yeah. It was like the camera was in between his shoes or something. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when someone's as big as Omos, you almost, it's almost better to not have him, uh, to to not do that and just be like, no, look how big he is next to regular people. And 
you know, if you have next to like Sarah Schreiber or whoever or Kevin Patrick and Kevin Patrick's like holding his arms straight up to get to his, right. you know, to, to talk to him. I feel like that's almost enough to go, oh, yeah, this guy's massive. But yeah. Uh, any guesses on who's WrestleMania opponent's going to be? I, I think he's a battle royal winner. Yeah. They haven't hinted at a battle royal yet, but that makes it'll happen. Sense. It'll happen. That's one of those things they could mention on SmackDown like the night before. <laughs> well, they nixed it last year. I mean, they did it on SmackDown last year. They didn't do it at Mania. Um, wasn't wasn't the joke though in past the past two years? Um, like a battle royal was like not a very COVID friendly. <laughs> oh match. yeah, right. But they but they still did it. <laughs> so you mm, know, I, know. Uh, I mean it's... now I don't know. You know. Now we're kind of it seems like we're getting past all that and vaccines. I don't know. I just I, I can't. They just don't. They haven't committed anything with him. It just feels like he's just going to be tossed in. They're going to put him out there with 19 other guys, and they're just going to say, look look good. Somewhere, Veer is saying, must be nice. <laughs> Did we get a Veer promo tonight? I didn't see the Veer thing. I didn't either. I don't I think see, we did. I didn't see it. Oh, no. Are they Braun backing Breaker, off? Braun Breaker made it to Rob before Veer. Oh, Veer's not coming anymore. <laughs> so if Veer was smart, he would go to developmental, and he would train for months, and then go to NXT, work until he's a champion, and that'd be a faster route to to raw well he was in nxt no, no joke what if what if omos comes out next week trying to look strong maybe maybe he dominates commander aziz what if he's looking for what if he doesn't open challenge and veer answers they try to manufacture some kind of interest between these two yeah i mean when you look at the top guys without a spot on on the raw side veer's not hasn't been on yet so omos, you got omos there and then you got like seth rollins and you know as far as the the top of the card guys without without anything right now so. Could you imagine that conversation? The office is telling Seth, all right, we're trying to get Cody in time <laughs> for you and Mania, but if we get to like two weeks out and we haven't come to terms with Cody and or he wants to wait till after Mania, do you think you can make the big man look good? <laughs> I think you and Omos can go out there. You're joking, but I could totally see that conversation. I'm kind of joking, kind of not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the backstage stuff with, with Seth this week was not a part of the act. He was really just like, oh my God, I might have to face Omos. Or he might not be wrestling on the card. There have been times where they leave some big names off. They left KO off, you know, that Kofi Mania year. And, uh, I think uh wasn't uh, Bailey was off one year too. Yeah, she uh, got thrashed by the Bellas. Yeah, so it it happens. Yeah. Um someone who's not getting left off though is Edge. He walked out under a black light and kind of like in silence and he said, You think you know me? And then he basically said that there's a new part of him that's been awakened by AJ Styles, and that's why he did what he did. This segment ended kind of awkwardly, I thought. This was another moment where it felt like this. It cut off awkwardly. Uh, Raj, does this was this enough to get you to buy into the fact that he would attack AJ Styles? Yeah, I, I thought that too. I thought maybe I missed something with the ending, like how all of a sudden yeah. it just cut to the announcers. I thought it looked cool. There was like the Undertaker's music. I mean, uh, Undertaker's uh, lighting. Yeah. Um, he came, he came out with no music. I mean, they started his music, but then turned it off and he came out in silence. I thought it was cool. It was different. Um, but yeah, it, it got awkward at the end. But I thought it was cool. I thought it was a cool visual. It's still, I mean, the, you know, the explanation's not the strongest. Uh, <laughs> and you know, again, I thought him destroying AJ for no real reason last week just seemed too too forced to do it that quick. I feel like 
this week maybe you could have done it or the next week. AJ's not really uh, injured. I saw some people asking about that in the chat. Uh, that's just storyline. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was cool. It, it stood out. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely glad that he didn't come out to the same old entrance he has for the last couple of years since he's been back and try to just put on an angry face and make me believe. But but I, I think Raj has a point though that like you know you know we're we're inside of a month here and that was a pretty brutal, vicious, aggressive attack by Edge on Styles and now Styles is you know he's he's you know, the, the storyline injury. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, the way the way Edge turned on a dime on Styles. I mean, I'm almost did Styles make a pass at Beth Phoenix? I mean, like <laughs> you know, like I I kind of need a little bit more of like what's got this guy ready to you know to to, to do such damage to Styles. So I'll, I'll again I'll see, but I, but I, the first step I'm glad that they did not just try to give you the same popular song and entrance that Edge does. And just expect you just to boo him. Uh, I, I don't have the dates written down, but this is probably Edge's first time back in Cleveland for WWE in a long time. You know, just thinking about pandemic and no audiences or whatever. So, you know, it, it would have been very easy to have that music hit and have, and, you know, and just have people just cheer just out of excitement to see Edge live. So I thought this was smart to do the Undertaker style entrance. But um, yeah, but to again to Roger's point, it's just like, give me, they better have a little bit more meat on the bone here in the next few weeks to get me to believe why Edge is so damn violent to AJ Styles. Yeah, it, it looked cool, and I think it'll make it in a lot of replay packages and wasn't the greatest explanation, but it did feel like, okay, now I get it. I get where the alliances are. Now let's see where it goes from here. Um, we saw an alliance of Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley coming together to face Zelina and Carmella. Ripley, she breaks away from a tag team partner to find herself with another tag team partner, but at least these two look like they would wrestle together. Uh, the story of the match is Carmella was distracted by Corey Graves and Ripley hit Zelina to get the win. And now it's a triple threat at WrestleMania for the tag team titles. Raj, to your point earlier, sometimes they just throw a bunch of tag teams in the tag team title <laughs> match. Yeah, perfect, perfect example. Um, and I, I feel like in general, I, I like title matches, you know, one team against one team. And I, I know, look, the, the Young Bucks, they had that banger of a match with Red Dragon and and uh, and uh, Jurassic, Jurassic Express. Express. And then the opening match of tonight was was awesome. But I, I just feel like a WrestleMania title match, I like it just two teams. And then it just feels like you're just trying to put people on the card. You don't have a story. Um, and Rhea Ripley, it, this is exactly what I thought would happen. Or they just don't know what to do with her. And now she's back in a random tag team. But at least you know she'll she'll be on the WrestleMania card, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I like a lot of the girls involved in this. Um, I mean I guess okay they're they're acknowledging the Carmella Corey stuff since they're acknowledging it with the reality show. But a bad feeling is this is going to be one of those matches where and in what could be a really stacked two nights of Mania, this is going to be the. Well, let me go refill my beverage. Let me go. You know, it's it, it sucks to say that because they're out there. They're gonna out there. They're gonna go. They're gonna go out there and work their hardest. But you know, there's got to be a there's got to be a a dip down in every show. There's got to be a let's let's take a breath of fresh air. Let's go reset for a minute. And I kind of feel like this is gonna get pegged as that. Are you guys tuning into Carme- Carmella and Corey? Corey and Carmella, C and C. I haven't yet. I, I actually will just because they they live here in Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. Corey, Corey and his family have a a, a deep history with 
wrestling here in the city, some of which I've gotten involved with. So I will because I've seen different cameos of people yeah. and things that I know. So I will, but uh, I'll be curious to see if, if anything comes beyond this. Like if, if it's just a, this YouTube pilot or if they get something more. Because both of the both both people, you know, Corey Graves and Carmella, both are very interesting people and have really interesting mm-hmm. lives. So uh, let's see if let's let's see if the public took enough interest to this. It is fun to watch shows that are based around places you know and doing the hey, I know that yeah. spot. I know that person. Uh so um yeah, I guess we got it's a three-way match for the the tag team titles. Uh Finn Balor and Austin Theory have a match and I don't know if this was actually for the title or not. Uh I can't remember if they said it was, but it was fun, it was good. Uh I thought Austin Theory uh, continues to look like a star. Finn Balor obviously is a star, but uh, it ends with Priest getting involved and attacking Balor. I thought Priest looked like a very mean dude, so I enjoyed this. Justin, um, outside of the fact that Austin Theory should probably be angry that he potentially lost an opportunity at the U.S. title because of this, uh, I thought it kind of positioned everyone pretty well in the end. Yeah, uh, yeah, they did a good crossover telling us about him and Pat McAfee. Um, yeah, Priest in the street gear, he looked... You know, funny. I I know Priest is a performer. He loved, You know, he always looked up to the Undertaker. He kind of had like an Undertaker kind of kind of feel to him with the yeah. what he was wearing, the gothic kind of look. Yeah, Priest looked good. Uh, I was very annoyed by they obviously want to get the crowd, you know, doing what they want. So they had. I mean, there was just inc- the the piped in boos, and I don't like to call them out on that. But it, it, but look, when you boo. The crowd still is active when they're booing, just like they're cheering. They're, they have their hands up. They're doing stuff, and they're giving this great audio track of boos, and I'm looking at the crowd, and the crowd's just not doing much versus when I see uh, Alpha Academy come out, and I'm hearing legit loud boos, and I'm seeing the activity and movement of the crowd because they're booing. Like, I mean, it's just kind of insulting. Like, I, I know you're trying to condition the crowd and condition the audience to, like, okay, he's a bad guy now boo him dislike him hopefully next week in jacksonville they boo him but it is bothersome to hear these this track of boos and i see everybody just sitting on their hands essentially which i hate as a audience member and i hate as a fan of priest personally yeah. it is a giveaway too because they usually when people are going nuts they'll show the crowd specifically uh right. when people are going nuts and so you can tell when it's piped in they're like well don't show the crowd because we'll see everyone just sitting there with their arms crossed uh so it's yeah. And you just had it on this episode. The crowd was going nuts in that first match. I mean, they were hot. Orton made this one hot tag. The place just went insane. So the crowd was hot for a lot of this show. But so it does stand out because you you see what it looks like when the crowd is hot. And uh, and when you do that. But I, I think Priest looks cool. I like that he's changing his look, getting a, a you know fresh coat of paint. So um, you can kind of use it. So I, I thought this was uh, effective. Austin Theory. You know, versus Pat McAfee, it's, I don't think marquee-wise it, it does much. Vince McMahon is supposed to be play some role in this. I don't see, there was like no heat with Vince and Pat McAfee on that podcast. So I don't know how it fits in, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like this, this that doesn't, said, right now this doesn't do anything for me. On all those points are valid. It is kind of misplaced. Vince and Pat were, you know hugging each you know they were just complimenting each other so it is weird but that said the match itself based upon how we saw pat perform with adam cole the match itself will probably end up being like pat will probably look great you know it's probably gonna but yeah but where it fits and what what spot vince has to get in there 
you know, it's questionable. Yeah. I think it'll be entertaining, so I'm okay with it. There was there was a morbid uh curiosity I had with Vince versus Pat McAfee when that was originally rumored to be the direction. And uh I you know <laughs> I kind of want to see him in the ring too. But... <laughs> well Vince there was you know, Vince didn't want to do the match with Brett. Um well Brett 20... couldn't do it. Well, but but even in 2010, Vince didn't really want to be out there. And that was 12 years ago when he was what 64. So like, I don't think that he really wants to. I think he. I mean, I think for for as 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 much of a gym rat as he still is, and he's in better shape than most 76 year olds and whatever. I still think he knows that he's not. He's not the Vince that came out there oiled up and looking crazy with his guns out the first time he fought Austin on a Raw. Right. He's just not that. It blew my mind how jacked he was the first right. time I saw him without a jacket. Right, on. he's not that. I think he knows that, and I, I just, I think he, I don't know, just. Yeah, I mean that that match with Brett, he did take all the the bumps from the you know, the other Hart family members and and everything like that. But you know, to your point, Justin, uh, the risk of injury is you know so great when you're 76 and doing this. So, and it's probably not the best idea for the C, you know. The, the C COO, uh, the chairman of the board to be uh, taking bumps like that. But I did, I was very curious to see it. It was like car crash curiosity. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to see it. And no matter what he would have done, I would have been like, you still got it. (laughs) (laughs) Even if he just got hit and fell over and that was the match of it, you still got it forever. I would love the quote. You know, there's a, there's a Vince documentary that um, on DVD that, that they put out, you know, in the early part of, of of the 2000s. And, you know, it's like, and you have triple H and Kurt Angle. They're all, they're all saying like the guy's chiseled. The guy has a crazy work ethic. He's a, you know, beast in the gym, but once it gets moving, it's not the most, you know, and then they show Vince, you know, stumbling and falling as he's trying to run the ropes and he blows the quads out. Like, you know, for as tough as Vince is physically, he's not the most athletic on his feet. Like he just doesn't, he doesn't. So, and then again, that was you know right. 20 years ago when a guy <laughs> in his fifties shouldn't be doing what he was doing. And now, now you look at, you know him in his mid seventies. It's like, all right, let's 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 let's, let's relax. Pat McAfee was an NFL athlete. <laughs> Punter aside, he still made it to the NFL. Right. Yeah. Uh, so later in the mat, or later on, we get Bianca real quick with a, a quick promo talking about her hair. Um, and uh, it sounds like it'll be involved a little bit more. But I just have a quick question for you guys, and you guys can just answer it. If I'm not allowed to pull someone's hair in a match, should they be allowed to use it as a weapon? Feels a little unfair. Uh, ooh. You know, in the NFL, when Troy Polamalu played for the Steelers and other players, if your hair goes to a certain distance, it's deemed as part of the uniform. So guys can can grab it as part of a tackle or whatever. So I don't know. There's, there's probably some psychological logic to that. Yeah. So maybe so people should be allowed to grab. Because otherwise, if it's like short hair, you're not supposed to grab the hair. They get reprimanded. But they do hair, do it all the time. So yeah, she but- should be reprimanded, but not DQ'd. They get to the count of five, but not the count of five. Yeah. Right. But then does that mean the move? Does that mean using the hair is like a weapon though? Or does she get to hit you till the count of five? We need Corderas. Yeah. yeah. 
for Darius on real quick. These are the hard-hitting questions I need <laughs> answers to. Uh, so we end the show. This is going to be the talking point, obviously, for everyone. Kevin Owens comes out, and he, he talks a bunch of crap about all the Texan guys and how he's going to do a KO show, but he doesn't want JBL. He doesn't want Booker T. He wants Steve Austin to be out there on the KO show. I thought what was very clever about this is he talked about how old and out of shape and bad his knees were so that no matter what Stone Cold does, he's going to look like a million bucks. Uh, Justin, you're nodding your head. I think we're in agreement on that. Yeah. So so KO first words says he wants to have a KO show. So he sets the bar of not a match, but a segment. But then he goes in, Jack, to what you said. He's completely trying to distort the image that the audience has of this guy who has not been, you know, has not been on WWE TV in years, you know, yeah, well, he's on the network doing interviews, but you know, mm-hmm. he's got a big old beer belly and he can't even walk to the ring. He's got bad knees. So, you know, he's kind of setting this, yeah, this, this, this bar of you know, this bar for stone cold to clear, to come out looking in phenomenal shape in his fifties and, and what have you. But then I'll take it a step further. Then they, they they do this, and then they cut to the commentators, and they let the commentators do a hard sell. And Corey Graves, several times, it's been 19 years. It's been 19 years. Well, 19 years is since Austin had a match. Right. Austin's obviously mm-hmm. been on, you know, he's been on Manias many times since then in, in, in guest spot roles. So because Corey, Corey hit, hit that several times, which to me does not seem like an accident. To me, it's a, that felt like a talking point that he was – told to, to to drive home so i wonder i don't want to get people's hopes up because our hopes were already up weeks ago when these reports first came out but I, I i wonder like are they trying to set the bar low for a kevin owens is inviting stone cold to this segment and insulting and doubting his his, 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 his abilities and then does austin one up him and say oh if you have a question about that do you want to go? I don't know. Like, Raj, what did you think? But the fact that they harped on the 19 years and they harped to, like Jack said, on what his appearance is going to be, you know, you can't say it's a match and then pull it back down and drop it to a KO show, but you can say it's a KO show and then it elevates to a match, whether that happens on advertise or whether it remains a KO show. Saturday, they did say it's Saturday. Saturday shows up. Austin comes to the ring and says, you got a question. Let's get a ref and let's do this. So it kind yeah, of buys yeah. you some time, essentially. Yeah, kind of like what they did with Rock and Eric Rowan, where yeah. they're like, oh, let's go right now. And then that way you could do a short match and the fans don't feel ripped off because they came in expecting just to see a segment. It definitely does see seem like they are going with advertising it as the KO show up until WrestleMania. And then, you know, like to Justin's point from there, they could always shift it to a real short match. Um yeah, I mean, I thought, uh, you know, the that's another thing I was really looking forward to. I know a lot of people, you know, have their complaints about uh, Austin wrestling again. Uh, but, you know, my thing is, did you see Sting last night? I mean, he looked he looked great. Um, mm-hmm. Austin can go and he knows his own body and he know, he feels like he could do it more. That's, you know, that's his choice. And I was kind of hoping he could because I'd love to see it again. I know. Some people will say they they should only pick you know push the younger talent and things like that, but there are some there are some exceptions. 
Nope. I want to see Stone Cold. I want to see Stone Cold <laughs> stunner people. Bury them all. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm I'm here for it. But yeah, I think with with Stone Cold style, obviously I don't know what, what shape he's in or anything, but his style too, like he's not someone who's doing like suicide dives and hurricane ranas and stuff like that either. He's, he's always been a brawler anyways. So he doesn't actually need to do that much to still do a Stone Cold match, even if it's a short one. Right. That's the thing. I mean, it could start as a KO show, mm-hmm. but it really could morph into a match, which at that point, everybody's expectations would be exceeded. And you're right. I mean, you know, I mean, look, when Austin first came in, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, you know, his his first match with Brett at um, Survivor Series 96, great, you know, great working match. But like, well, yeah, once the neck happened and then the two knees, I mean, yeah, he was he was reduced, but it was a it was good paydays. He was yeah. reduced to, you know, some middle fingers, some curse words, uh, some punches, kicks in the corner. Luthes pressed stunner, and that was his offense. It was, was yep. punches and kicks. He, he just kind of brawled around. He didn't have to, you know, he wasn't doing a whole lot, but that was when he was the most over, when he didn't have to do much at all anyways. So, and look, if you follow him on t- Instagram and social media, he's in really good shape, and he's actually been doing a certain diet, which he's been promoting. And, oh, by the way, he has a brand-new beer that's coming out on 316, March 16th, uh, next week. He's doing like you know, so it just kind of, I mean, it, you know, it, it's all in line for obviously a, a, an appearance of mania to promote all this stuff. But even this, the diet and him promoting what he's doing to be in good shape, it feels like he's at least physically preparing for something and something more than just, uh, you know, a middle finger kick and a stunner. It feels like he's at least preparing for a few minutes of, you know, f- physical activity. Maybe, maybe this is him saying, Look, Vince, I don't want you to promote promoting i'm coming out of retirement for a match i don't want that pressure promoted as an interaction and just let me exceed that bar that's right. kind of what this feels like he can do a, he can do a few minutes take no real bumps you know yeah. and uh yeah yeah i mean uh you know that's still better than no austin <laughs> you know for sure so um yeah i'm all for it you know it's kind of one of those things again like if austin could really do a match i a real match you you would think they'd advertise that ahead of time because he's one of those names where if i'm telling my friends hey do you guys want to go to wrestlemania uh and they say you know what's on it i'll, I'll be like stone cold's coming back he's wrestling that's gonna get yeah. people going whereas if i say he's yeah. doing an interview talk show segment <laughs> that's not going to you know get them interested yeah. so it's well, one of those things if he, if he could do a real match i think he, he, they would be promoting that yeah, and Roger, exactly right for what you said of what the what does it do for t- attendance. So if you know, I'll give them a week. If they get to next week and you know Ko comes out and says whatever he says, you know Austin, answer me, damn it, whatever. If it still remains as just a Ko show appearance, that's what it's going to be after next week. And you know, next week is uh, what, March fourteenth. You know, you're right. after that point. You only have two more rolls. If if next week's Raw ends, if we all are talking at this time next week and it's still just being billed as a KO show invitation, question mark, will Stone Cold show up? That's what it's going to be. But if between now and then, via social media or via on Raw, Austin answers and one-ups it, oh, are you questioning me? Get a referee, let's ring the bell at, at WrestleMania. It, that could still happen next week. But if it doesn't happen by next week, I think, yeah, they, they, they're they just going to commit to it being dubbed as an interaction and that that's it so yeah and um hold on one second someone is saying let me let me check on something real quick 
While you're pulling that up, Brian Barry in the chat asks, what match are y'all looking forward to at Mania? Whatever the 24-7 title match is, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. No, no I'm a uh, I, I'm title for title. Come on. That's the big one. That's what I'm looking forward to. Well, what do you guys got so far as far as what's announced? Let's say official. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Austin fan, so I'm looking forward to just what he's going to do, just seeing him, you know. But, uh, yeah, Brock and Roman's. So Austin's going to be responding to Kevin Owens tomorrow at noon. Tomorrow what, what, at what's noon. that on? Where'd you see that? That's on WWE's uh, Twitter. Okay, so that again, I don't get people's hopes up, but that to me, the fact that they're going already for a response, you know, makes me wonder that he could one up this. He could change the situation because even the graphic, they cut to the graphic at the end. That's how they close Raw, and it was just KO show Stone Cold Steve Austin question mark. So like. I mean, it, and again, Corey Graves, it's been 19 years, been 19 years. Well, no, it's not been 19 years since we've seen him at a mania, for Christ's sakes. So no. like, yeah, I, I, the way this looks makes me think it's uh, it's the KO show. Because I think if you're going to do that kind of segment where they're going back and forth and one-upping each other, they would do that on Raw, you know, in, in especially in the ring if you can. So eh, maybe, we'll he, maybe he says, I'm going to be in Jacksonville next week. We'll give you an answer. They need <laughs> They're gonna draw. They're gonna want to draw. Do you think Vince is gonna is gonna want to go into Jacksonville, and have a have a house that's half tarped off? I mean, no, no, no. So, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll see. I, I I have a feeling it's gonna be the K, what we talked about earlier, the KO show, but it leads to. A short quick match but it's never advertised ahead of time but you could be right we'll see we'll we'll know more tomorrow that 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 graphic they showed at the end with stone cold's music i think kind of uh punked the crowd a little bit <laughs> like how <laughs> disappointed like i was at home i was like oh is he here and then it was like oh it's a graphic oh. yeah you, you can't do that music over the over the uh, arena speakers and get do that to the crowd yeah <laughs> again troll job and they're going to jacksonville next week they are going to troll they're gonna troll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that'll be uh that if Cody shows up, that'll be so <laughs> interesting. Very interesting to see what happens if he's there. But I think that does it for us. I think we covered the whole show. Then we got through everything. We survived uh, another Monday. Um, that does it for us. Obviously, if you are on the show, thank you to everyone who joined along. Trevor, Tough, Joseph Boza, Michael, uh, Ryn, uh, Tuck Graff. Lance Davis Jr. Uh, all you guys, thanks so much. Uh, but uh, we're going to do the NXT after show tomorrow on Wrestling Inc. We're going to do the AW after show on Wednesday on Wrestling Inc. We're going to do the Thursday all-encompassing wrestling and pop culture show on Thursday on Wrestling Inc. Friday, we got SmackDown and Rampage on Wrestling Inc. Uh, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, Raj, anything else we need to make sure we're covering and, and promoting? I think we got it all. Yeah, thank you. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. At Wrestling Inc. C-O-M. Follow yep. on social media. Follow Raj uh, at Rajgiri underscore 303. Justin Labar, anything going on with you that people can check out? Uh, you hit it. I'll be back Wednesday night for after Dynamite. So it should be a very uh, newsworthy Dynamite for what we're thinking. So I'll be there. And then Friday morning, I'll be back on Busted Open uh, with Dave and Mark at 10 a.m. Very cool. And at Justin LaBar. And I'm at Real Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media and check out the stuff I'm doing. Thank you so much for everyone who joined us. As always, we'll see you guys next time.